you want to see somebody get angry, just mess with their food, their money, or their children. Right? I mean, think about that. It, it mess with their food, their money, their children. I can tell you for a fact, after three years of working in the fast food restaurant, people are kind of crazy when it comes to their food. Ask Katie how crazy they are about their Polynesian and Chick-fil-A sauce. One lady even threatened to beat her tail because she didn't give her enough sauce. I mean, that's how crazy people are about their sauces. What about money? Kendall, she worked in the banking industry for years. You know, you, you let somebody think that you mess with their money and you'll see them get angry. What about their children? In essence, you know, the understatement of the day is this world has gone crazy. This world has gone crazy. We, we don't have to look far. Let me tell you about a time in my life today. We're, we're talking about revenge. That's kind of the overarching theme of today's message is revenge. We're going to be in Romans chapter 12, if, if you notice from this, um, the slide behind me. Hopefully, we'll get through Romans chapter 12 before Jesus comes back. Um, my home church pastor, Pastor Jimmy, when I was at Northside, he started in Romans. I went, went off to school, went to another ministry, came back for homecoming or whatever, and he was still in Romans. So, you know, Romans is just a great, meaty book. Well, let me tell you about this interesting time about the world going crazy. So first off, how many of you have ever heard the expression that nothing good happens after midnight? Y'all heard that expression? Okay, well, <coughs> I did to... Um, my boy, one of my boys decided to stay with my in-laws, and they forgot something. And so it was after midnight, and they called, and they're like, we need this ergo and hunting the next morning or whatever. And it was like, he should have remembered that. But, you know, they're teenage boys with ADHD, so there's never a dull moment at my house. So it's after midnight. Kendall and Katie get in the car. They go together. They drop it off. The next thing I know, it's probably about 12.20, 12.30. I get a call, a frantic call from them that they were being followed. They got off the bypass. They got on 378. They took a left onto Alice Drive. We live off Alice Drive behind CVS. But they realized they were being followed, so they turn on Westmart. Person followed them. They go down. They turn on Wilson Hall Road. Followed them. Back on Broad Street. Followed them. At this time, I'm on the phone on one phone. They're on 911. They're on the phone with 911 on the other phone. Let's just say that night you could have called me Lightning McQueen as fast as I took off down Wise Drive trying to get to my girls that someone was following. The police department made the bright notion, we'll pull into somewhere that's well lit and has a lot of people. This is Sumter, South Carolina at 1230 at night. There may be some well lit places, but there's not a lot of people. This person almost cut them off. They cussed them out at the red light. Finally, as I'm on my way to them, they pull in the parking lot of Walgreens, and Kendall calls the name of her mother's neighbor. She realized who it was, and we're like, what are you doing? Come to find out, this gentleman thought that Kendall and Katie were trying to steal his dog. So let's just say I'm thankful for a praying wife and the Holy Spirit because I know exactly where that joker lives, and I was going to talk to him. But between a praying wife and the Holy Spirit, I got off on 378 at the little gas station there at 401, and I calmly waited for the police to come, for law enforcement to go and have a talk with this gentleman. You see, obviously I have not mastered the subject that we've talked about tonight, or we're talking about today, but I too am a work in progress. And so, listen, I think we could all agree upon this simple statement. When we take matters into our own hands, we just make an even bigger mess. Is there anybody here this morning that can testify to that statement? When we take things, hey, amen, praise the Lord. Okay, I'm not alone, thank you. 
When, when, we, when we take matters into our own hands, we just make an even bigger mess. And so today, I want us to look at two more verses in Romans chapter 12. So look with me in Romans 12, verses 17 through 18. Very two verses. We'll unpack it, break it apart, put it back together like we do most Sundays. Here we see where Paul writes on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says, Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So the first kind of phrase that I want you to see and I want to call your attention to is, he says, Repay no one evil for evil. I don't know about you, but honestly, we don't have to look very far to find evil these days, do we? I mean, it is all around us. You know, here's the deal. As we're talking this morning about revenge, what is revenge? Revenge is when we want to inflict hurt or harm on someone for an injury or wrong that we've suffered at their hands. We, we want to get even. And Paul says, repay no one evil for evil. I thought about the phrase, how many of you have ever heard the phrase tit for tat, right? That, 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 that we're wanting to, to give that equivalent in return. It's retaliation, in essence, is an eye for an eye. Listen, friends, it might come natural, but we're to lean into the Holy Spirit to guide us and to tell us how we should respond. We have to ask ourselves, WWJD, what would Jesus do? You see, for me, I have one of these old school bracelets. Some of y'all might remember from the 90s. Some of y'all weren't even born then. But there was these bracelets that came out, and they said WWJD. Now, if you'll notice, this bracelet is turned back to me. Because it's not for everybody else, but it's for me to often, and I should remember it more often than I do. But it's when I look down at this, it's, it's where I can read it, and I have to ask myself, what would Jesus do? Now, the other bracelet I wear was one for where Austin and I went to T4G recently. Now, it's pointed outward, and it says together for the gospel. So this morning, as we've gathered, we're what? As this faces you, we're together for the gospel to make much of Jesus and to make him known. But we have to ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? Listen, very kind of simple phrase this morning, tip for tat is not where it's at. Right, as we think about the life that we're to live, we're to repay no one evil for evil. We're to repay no one evil for evil. Listen, we saw this play out locally in the news this week, did we not? For those of you that might have heard or if you did not hear, at Old Ebenezer Middle School, two grown women, a, a grandmother and a mother, go to the school, they press the intercom and say, we're going to the attendance office. They open the door. These two grown women run into the school, run down the hallway, attack a young lady, begin to hit her and, and assault her because their grandchild and their child was bullied. Now, what's interesting is when all the dust settled and they got everybody pulled apart, first off, I want to think about that child. We need to pray for that child. How traumatic of a situation for them to have to go through that they're just going through their day. And here are not just your classmates, but two grown women from the outside that just accost you out of nowhere. Pray for that child. But what's interesting is when all the dust settled, the child that they attacked was not even the child that had done the bullying. The, the kid in question was in the office being dealt with. Again, tit for tat is not where it's at. We're to repay no one evil for evil. Listen, friends, what is natural is oftentimes not spiritual. 
What's natural is oftentimes not spiritual. It's the flesh. It's impulsive. And it's not Jesus-like. Friends, people make bad decisions, but we can make better ones. We can make better ones. As we study this verse today, repay no one evil for evil, we we just simply have to ask the question, and maybe you say, man, you're just kind of like, you're not a bright guy sometimes. Yeah, you're right. That would be true. But I I wrote in my notes, what is evil? What, What is Paul talking about here? And here, in essence, he's talking about bad. He's talking about evil in the widest sense. We need to remember, guys, that our actions and our reactions are far-reaching. He's talking here about those things that are worthless, that are depraved, that are injurious. And I've come this morning to remind you of this simple fact that we cannot let the world define evil. They've never done a good job at that, now have they? They haven't. Isaiah even prophesied, as we see in the Old Testament. What did he say? Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. That is the day and times in which we're living. The world cannot define what evil is because it's depraved. Lost people act like lost people because they're lost. But we as believers are called to a higher calling. Look in the second half of verse 18. He says, repay no one evil for evil, but what? Give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. We're to give thought. We should think before we speak or act. We cannot just act on impulses and emotions. We can't just react on impulses and emotions. You see, we have to ask this question. How do we want this to turn out? When things come into your life, and evil will find its way into your life, whether it's a family member, whether it's a situation, whether it's just you're going about your business, and and, and evil just crosses your path, we have to ask ourselves, how do we want this to turn out? And I began to think about how do we want this to turn out. And, and one simple tool that I've used for years is something I learned at Toomey, something that I taught while I was at Chick-fil-A, and it is this right here. It is a very simple formula. Now, if, in case you can't read my chicken scratch, that is E plus R equals O. If we were in the senior adult luncheon or we were in a men's small group, I typically would ask, for audience participation, for people to give what they think these variables mean. And it's always interesting to hear what people say. I'd love to hear your, um, your comments afterwards. But E plus R equals O. We won't take comments today, but I will just simply tell you that here's what it means. Event plus reaction equals outcome. Event plus reaction equals outcome. You see there between that event and that reaction, there is a gap. There is a split second, and the key word that we need to remember is pause. We have to press pause. I'd encourage you to pause and to pray. As we think this morning about R factor, E plus R equals O. Event plus reaction equals outcome. Which of those variables do you have control over in your life? The reaction. Absolutely, Crispy. Absolutely. You you cannot control the events that happen in your life. 
Now, you can help sway or influence the outcome, but you, the only variable that you control is your reaction. The way that I would teach this as new people were coming to Chick-fil-A is, I would say, look, you just clocked in, you're behind the counter, and this lady comes in, and she slams down a tea, and she says, I wanted half sweet, half unsweet tea, and you did half tea, half lemonade, yuck. You know, you guys can't ever get this right. And she just, but, 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 but. And so it's like, wait a second. You have to press pause. You just clocked in. Is she mad at you? No, because you didn't make her drink. What is she mad about? She's mad about the fact that she sat in the drive-thru, she got her drink, she gets down Broad Street, she takes that ship, sip of that drink, whoo, she's caught off guard, she had to turn around, come back. Also, the thing that we have to remember is this. We never know what's going on in someone else's life. Is her loved one battling cancer? Is she struggling to pay her bills? Did her lights just get cut off? Did her water just get cut off? Is, she, is her marriage on the rocks? Right? A lot of times in our lives, this phrase applies. I didn't mention this in the first service, so you're getting something they didn't get. And that is this, that hurt people hurt people. Very simple phrase. Hurt people hurt people. People that are hurt, that they're, that, they're, that they're wounded, they wound other people because they don't know how to handle that internal conflict. And so one thing I would tell you really quickly is that if you can apply E plus R equals O to your life, it will make a difference. Why? Because you can influence that outcome. For me, I had a friend of mine. She was also my boss. We bounced between boss and uh, friend multiple times in our 10-year um, work life. But what was interesting was she was my accountability partner. And so we would go into a meeting and she would come back later and she might come back to me that afternoon and say, Hey, Chris, remember that meeting we were in this morning? You missed your, you missed your R. And I had the right to be able to do the same for her. Now, what's interesting is, for those of you who have been around any length of time, that particular lady, my particular friend, is not a believer. So if she can sharpen me, imagine how much more this would mean if we took this into Christendom and could sit down and have accountability with brothers and sisters in Christ. See, today, as we gather, we gather to worship and to study the Word, but the only way you're going to be held accountable is in a small group. Circles are better than rows. You have to get in a smaller group of two or three other guys, two or three other girls, and do life together. Ask each other hard questions. Maybe sometimes it's going to have to be one-on-one, and you're going to have to have that freedom. And you, you can't, it's not something you get, but it's something you pray through, and you ask the Lord to give you. And you've got to get in each other's face, you've got to get in each other's junk, and you've got to say, man, you missed the mark. But I love you as my brother in Christ, and that's why I'm telling you that. Also, I want to give you another tool that I've used, and that is very simply this word right here, HALT. Right? As we think about these things, as we think about the things that come into our path, I want you to HALT. What does it mean to HALT? This is another tool that I've asked myself a time and time before. And before I make a decision, I'm going to ask myself what? Am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Am I tired? Now, now think back on your life. Has there ever been a time, especially don't make decisions when you're hangry, like combine those first two. I mean, most of the time in your life, if you were hangry, if you were hungry and angry and you made a decision, was it, was it a good one? No. And, and so here's why I'm giving you these tools, because if you'll halt, if you'll ask yourself that question when things come your way, when evil comes your way, when you're, when you're offended, when you're wrong, sometimes you need to just step back and say, okay, am I, ong- am I, am I angry? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pause, and I'm not going to make that decision right now. I'm not going to send that text right now. I'm going to wait until I can see that other brother in Christ 
and talk to him about this. Because when you send something via text, it's black and white. You don't hear tone. You don't hear inflection. You don't, you don't see facial expressions. So I would caution you, don't send that text. Try to have those conversations in person. Furthermore, I'll go a step further. As men and women of the church, and I've seen this play out in my own life, in my own ministry, if I have an issue with a lady, my job is to go to the man. Because we are to deal with that husband to husband. My job is not to go to that woman, but to go to that other man. And sometimes, you know what? Those are uneasy conversations that we step into. But if you go into it with the right mindset, if you go into it prayerfully, if you go into it clinging to the fact that Paul says in Romans eight twenty eight that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. Right? Is there going to be friction? Yes. But sometimes there needs to be that friction so that you can work those differences out and so that you can love each other because you will never be able to speak truth into someone's life until they know that you love them. Let me, let me tarry on. <clears throat> Listen, when it comes to evil, responding with knee-jerk reactions can't be our go-to, especially as believers. Right? We can't just respond in, in, in the moment. We can't just respond while we're in an emotional state, dealing with those emotions, trying to process everything. So we cannot have knee-jerk reactions. Those cannot be our go-to, especially as believers. Further on, Paul says what? That we're to pay no one evil for evil, but give fault to do what is honorable in the sight of of all. Listen, people are watching. The world is watching. When I grew up, my mom would say, as I was a teenager and I would go out of the house, she would say, son, behave yourself because you never know who's watching. Now, as I've raised my kids, one of the things I've tried to teach them is, hey, you never know who's watching, but now we've had to make an addendum and you never know who's recording. The world we live in, when, when things go bad, when they go awry, instead of helping people, we record things. I could take you to a story, one in particular that stands out. There was a mother on the beach with a small child, and the child was screaming bloody murder. And somebody took a video of that child and put it on social media, and they crucified that woman. Well, first off, there's a few seconds. What led up to that? What happened after that? Everybody has an opinion. Social media can be used of the devil. But listen, you've got to be careful. People are watching. How you act, how you react, your words, they matter. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. As you leave here this week, remember this. As you speak, you are either going to speak life over someone or you're going to speak death over them. The choice is yours. Words once spoken are, are, are carried away on the wind. They cannot be taken back. So choose your words wisely. Choose what you're going to say. Halt. Ask yourself. Pause and say, how do I want this situation to go moving forward? You see, we can't just go with automatic with an automatic response, an instinctive reaction, or a spontaneous tongue lashing. Right, that we and people do that, right? I mean, they love to just run off at the mouth or, or post galore on Facebook. Like that's not people. Christians, listen, it's been said this way: Christians can't do Facebook rants because our words are the words of Jesus. If we're a believer, we can't just go on there and say whatever we want to say. I see it all too often. People will go on there and lamb blast. Uh, the opposite political party from them, and then they'll go on and say, well, y'all come on to our pig picking at church? It's like, wait a second. Is, is that's how you believe? If that's how you act, I don't want to be a part of that. And then we wonder why our friends don't come to church. Because we're not watching what we say. We're not watching what we post. We're not watching what we do. 
So we're to do that, what, in an honorable sight to all. The New International Version translates it this way, to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. So that begs the question, what is right? What is right? It means it's beautiful by reason of purity of heart and life, it's praiseworthy, it's morally good, and it's noble. Proverbs 20 Verse 22, do not say, I will repay evil. Wait for the Lord, and he will deliver you. Listen, friends, before we can do, see if you follow, track with me here. Before you can do what is right, we need to think things that are right and honorable. I invite you to take your copy of God's Word and begin to turn over to the book of Philippians. And what's interesting is this passage that we're about to read, I keep a checklist in the front of my Bible. There are eight questions that are going to be pulled straight from this text. So before we can do what is right, we need to think what is right. We need to be processing what we think. Why? Because our thoughts become words and, and, and become actions, right? So we have to be mindful of what we think. We have to be mindful of what we say. We have to be mindful of what we do. So listen to what Paul tells the church at Philippi. Philippians 4 Verse 8 through 9. Finally, brothers, listen, look at these words. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. In my Bible, right here, open it up on the inside cover, those eight questions. Tomorrow, when I get ready to have a conversation with someone and I'm going to talk about some situation, I've got to ask myself, is it true? Look at, the, look at the yellow words behind me. Is it true? Is it honorable? Is it just, morally right? Is it pure? Is it loving? Is it commendable? Is it excellent? Is it praiseworthy? Friends, the Word of God is living and active, amen? It is still changing hearts. It is still changing lives. It is still challenging us as we study it, as we seek Him and seek to make much of Jesus. Verse 9, What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Listen, friends, people are watching. Our children are watching. Your grandchildren are watching. Your nieces and nephews are watching. Think about it. If someone was to imitate you, would they look more like Jesus or would they look more like the world? Now look what Paul says in, in verse 19 of Romans. Romans 12, verse 19. He says, If possible, so far as it depends on you, what interesting language, if possible. Friends, it's more possible than you think it is. I mean, I could camp out right there just in this one verse, but that's another sermon for another day. If possible, so far as it depends on your wife, no. So far as it depends on your sibling, no. So far as it depends on her or him, no. It's so far as it depends on what? On you. Paul makes this personal. So far as it depends on you, listen, you have a role to play in how you respond to things that happen around you. You have a role to play in how you respond to things that happen around you. Listen, every hill is not a hill to die on. Every battle is not yours. 
Every situation that comes about, you don't have to always be right. You don't always have to have the last word, have the last say. And can I remind you of something else from this text too? That you are only responsible for yourself. Did you hear me? You're only responsible for yourself. You're not responsible for your sister. You're not responsible for your brother. You're not responsible for your spouse. Sure, in some sense you are, but at the end of your life, you will give account for what you have done. Not what your neighbor has done. What you have done. So far as it depends on you. And then I love Paul. I love Paul. He... He, he gives us one last zinger. Like he always just like got to have that last little like, hey, think on this. Gotcha. Listen, what's he say? If possible, so far as it depends on you, what? Live peaceably with all. Not some, not just the ones you like, but to live peaceably with all. We have to live with one another. David said in Psalm 34, verse 14, Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Proverbs 13, verse 20, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. I think what the psalmist tells us in Psalm 1, 1 and 2, beautiful, beautiful reminder. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Last but not least, Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. So listen, we're to live peaceably with one another. But listen, friends, I think there's a time in our life, at least for me especially, that there are certain verses as we study, as we read God's Word, that they pierce our hearts and they pierce our minds. I'm about to share one such verse with you. As we think about evil in this world, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. This next verse I'm going to share with you it's one of those zingers, one of those things that like hit me square between the eyes. <clears throat> and I've come this morning to remind you that what we say, what we do, how we act, how we react matters. Matthew tells us in his gospel, he says this, And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. In essence, when sin will be rampant everywhere. Is sin rampant everywhere? Absolutely, it sure is. When the world is trying to define evil and, and switch, have the old switcheroo and calling what used to be evil good and what's good evil, no. When sin is rampant everywhere, the love of many will grow cold. Listen, this morning if you come here, I want to remind you that there is a hope, that there is a peace that comes from Christ, and only Christ. And our job as believers is to be mindful of how we react, how we act, what we say, and what we do. You know what, guys? This passage that we're looking at, Romans 12, 17 through 18, 
I just want to close with these final thoughts. These verses are challenging. They are hard to live out in our strength because we aren't supposed to. They remind us we are to allow Jesus to do what we can't. As we study this, as we sat down in, this, in these verses, verse 9 to 21 in Romans chapter 12, and we look at the marks of a true believer, we're not to look at our brother and sister beside us across the room. We're to look at our own selves and examine our own hearts and our own minds and to ask ourselves, are we trying to do it in our own strength? Because guess what? You weren't meant to. Friends, when retaliation seems the answer, seems like the answer, our first reaction should be to pause and to seek the Lord, to seek what is peaceful, to not respond in anger, but to ask ourselves, what is the loving thing to do? What is the peaceful thing to do? You see, friends, sometimes the most loving thing to do is the exact opposite of what has been done to you. The most loving thing to do, sometimes the most loving thing to do, is the exact opposite of what has been done to you. Scripture tells us when you're slapped on the cheek, what? To turn the other cheek. When you're pushed down, we're to get back up. Friends, as we thought about that, as I wrote that in my notes, that when we're pushed down, we have to get back up. You know what? We need each other for that. We need godly friends. And you say, well, what do you base that on, Chris? Ecclesiastes 4, verse 10, that says, For if they fall... One will lift up his fellow, but woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Hey, I've come here to remind you this morning, I've come to make much of Jesus, to lift him up, but I've also come to show you in Scripture that I want to lift you up, that you might be in the old miry pit, that you might be in a situation you're dealing with some evil and you just don't know what the answer is. Look to Jesus. I'm here this morning to lift you up and to remind you to keep looking up to Jesus Friends, when we're offended, we're to forgive. Jesus, what did he say on the cross? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. A moment of transparency in the last year plus that I've been here preaching and teaching at Bethel. I can tell you, I prayed that. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Right? There are going to be times in our lives that we're going to have to pray just like Jesus and say, Father, forgive them, for they know know not what they do. Friends, if you're hurt, I encourage you to use your head instead of your heart. Jeremiah says that the heart is deceitful above all things. We need to use our head, and we need to pause, and we need to pray, and we need to think about what, how, what we're about to say or what we're about to do. And last but not least, when you get angry, you need to seek clarity, and you need to seek peace. You need to seek Jesus. Friends, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable what is right in the sight of all, sight of everyone, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truths of your word. Sometimes, Lord, it's, it's hard to, to grip some of these ideas. Lord, sometimes we come and, and we might seem like a total and complete failure. <clears throat> Father, I pray this morning that we just remember that there are times in our lives when we're responding In the flesh, there are times when we're responding in our own strength and we're just making a mess. And so, Father, I pray this morning that those under the sound of my voice, that they remember to just press pause. Lord, to just press pause, to to maybe count to five, count to ten, 
But Lord, also take that time to reflect and to think, what would Jesus do? What is, what is the most loving thing that I could do in this situation? What is, how can I bring peace to this situation? Father, remind us that sometimes we're not to respond the way in which we've been hurt. But Father, we're to respond in a way that's loving and forgiving, just as you've forgiven us. Father, help us to forgive, help us to love, help us to be gracious to those you place in our path. Lord, I pray this morning, Lord, that as we leave this place this week, Lord, we don't know what evil is going to come our way. We, we don't know how we're going to be offended. We don't know how we're going to be chastised, how, how we're going to be hurt. But, Father, we can always cling to you. Father, we thank you that the tomb is still empty. Lord, that you're still risen into heaven. And, Father, I pray that in those moments that we would learn to trust you, Father, your word says you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Trust in the Lord. Lord, we've prayed that over our people who are sick, who are dying, Lord, who are ending, who are, who are nearing death. Lord, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. But Father, that's also a good word for each of us today. Lord, that you're trustworthy, that you're praiseworthy. And so Father, I pray this coming week that we not respond in anger, not try to respond in our own wisdom, but Lord, we give it to you. We lay it at the feet of Jesus. Lord, your words says that come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. Take upon your yoke because it's light. You will give us rest. So Father, I pray today, Lord, help us to rest in you. Help us to give those things that have weighed us down Help us to hand them over to you and leave them there. Allow you to deal with them. Trust you. To be still. Allow you to do what only you can do. Father, I pray for those who are gathered here this morning. Lord, I pray you give them the courage to take the next step that you're calling them to take. Or may they be obedient. Lord, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's baptism. Maybe it's joining a small group. Maybe it's starting to study your word or, or just have conversations with you more throughout the week. Lord, I pray they would grab me or Pastor Austin or someone else and, and just ask for some ideas of how they could take that next step. Lord, we're here together. We're better together. We seek you when we make much of you. So, Father, have your will in our lives. Have your way. Lord, we ask all this in the mighty and precious name of your son, Jesus. Amen.